Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now. You're listening to Joey Warner and his guest host, co-host, Ricky Patterson. And our producer behind the glass is Nick Wiggins. We're at the WNSP studio in Mobile, Alabama. My guest host, my my co-host, I should say. I'm calling you guest host. Rick. That's okay. I called you Jimmy Whitfield. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, how was your how was your weekend, buddy? I took the weekend off. You know, they, I had some young kids that wanted to hit, but you know, we, I thought it was best that I take the whole weekend off, and uh, you know, they they need to spend more time with their family, and you know, the Easter is a special time for everybody. So, yeah, you know, I need I needed the rest too. I know what you mean. I had four days off, and it was fun. It was it was uh, much needed rest. But I I did what I'd love to do. I tabulated stats and looked at looked at box scores. I I want to tell everybody about Ricky Patterson. Ricky's my co-host, and Ricky, I want to thank you for coming down here and helping me. And you you bring a lot of knowledge to this show, and people that may not be familiar, which most of them are. Ricky was a, a baseball player at the University of South Alabama, Faulkner State. He never played high school baseball, but he was a good football player at Viger High School. And then again, he went to Faulkner State, went to South Alabama, played underneath Eddie Stanky and Jim Crawford. Then he became the assistant coach with under Crawford and Eddie Stanky. And there's probably nobody alive that, that knows as much about Eddie Stanky to, to work with him single-handedly like that. And that's that says a lot, and I'm glad to have him on the show, Ricky. And Ricky also had a good career as, in coaching and managing, made it all the way to the AAA level with the Iowa Cubs in, as, a, as a manager and spent time with the New York Mets. And he just brings a world of knowledge to this show and the community. He gives hidden lessons on the side. And, and Ricky, I, it's just great to have you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about high school playoffs tonight and later on we're going to have two guests we're going to have coach trent higginbotham from the baldwin county tigers and we're going to have coach chris jacks from the gulf shores dolphins and they have had a great season and it's just only begun or it's only just begun i should say that's an old tune by the carpenters if you don't remember everybody i don't remember that you're a lot <laughs> older than i am you yeah, know that yeah. ricky's ricky's hitting 70 i just turned 60 so <laughs> so we we want to bring the younger generation we want to bring the older generation we may not be talking too many stories tonight but we're going to focus on high school baseball and i want to say a little bit about my my yankees T-ball team. We played one game last week. We lost 22 to 16 to the Angels, but they played their hearts out, Ricky. And we, what what happens to us? We get to 10 runs and we stop and we slow down. And but we scored 16 runs the other night and we're in the game. And those those kids are having so much fun. And and uh, Coach Joey's just now. How does that it. work? You you can only score so many runs and. Uh, the first, in the inning that you're in, and then they swap after that? That's correct. You can score five runs, and once you get to five runs, it swaps over. And if we could get to five runs every every time, that would be great. But but, but what I want to talk about first is I, I want to say something about major leagues and not a whole lot going on with our people up there. Bubba Thompson, Adam McGill, had a really good day yesterday, Ricky. He had a double and a triple and a couple of RBIs and two runs. He's, he's three for seven on the season. Hadn't been playing much for, for whatever reason. Josh Donaldson, who had one home run, was only hitting about 200, has went on the disabled list. I'm not exactly sure what's wrong with him. Brendan Donovan with the Cardinals has, has settled down a little bit. He's seven for 30 with a couple of home runs, hitting 233. And my buddy Adam Frazier with the Orioles started off strong, but he's still hitting 320 at eight, eight for 25 with, with a home run and a couple of doubles. Before we get into this high school alignment for the state playoffs that I'm going to try to go through, and I'm not going to try to confuse people because I'm confusing myself by trying to dissect it, Ricky. But I, I want to mention some of the players in, on the high school level that are having really good seasons and, and have, a, have a good career, and just a handful. Josh Gunther of Bayside Academy is a signee for Wake Forest University. He's he's red hot. He's six and one on the hill. His ERA is down to about 0.50. He's he's hit three home runs. He's a real player, Ricky. Another guy at Bayside is Jake Devout. He's a 
University of South Alabama signee. He's doing good things. Another South Alabama Bama signee, two of them, Connor Gatwood from Baker High School, big boy, big stout guy. I mean, just lean. He's, he's going to be a good one. Uh, John Malone over at Bayshore Christian is signed with Samford. He's, he's, he just got back. I think he's coming back from an injury, but he's, he's coming back strong. We're going to talk to Coach Chris Jacks about Connor Gear over at Gulf Shores. On the mound, hitting, just tearing it up, putting up some really big numbers. Trevor Murphy over at Baldwin County. Coach Trent Higginbotham at Baldwin County is going to tell us a lot about him. He's signing with James Hattenstein at, at Bishop State. Brooks Brassfield over at Fairhope is putting up big numbers for Coach Kyle Hunter at Fairhope. Uh, Jacob Conway at Fairhope has signed with the University of Mobile. His bat's getting hot, but I've watched some video of him playing first base, and he's digging up some everything, bad throws and making swipe tags and all kinds of good stuff. And uh, Edward McLeod over at St. Paul's and Taylor O'Dell at St. Paul's playing for Andy Robbins. You know a lot about both of those those players, and they're doing extremely well. Why don't you say something about Edward McLeod or Taylor D- D- O'Dell for a minute there, Ricky? Well, you know, he, these two kids are sophomores, and I think both of them are about 6'4", 215. I think Odell may be 6'4", 6'5", that's about 260. And he's a big guy that's, you know, he's he's got a very athletic body uh, of, you know, more of a football type guy, but he moves very, very well on, on the baseball field. You don't usually see guys that big that's able to, to move around the way he does. Now, Edward is, uh, of course, he's been with me since he was 10. And he's he's really come into his own. He's a big he's a big time player, and a lot of guys I don't think they really see it because they don't have a he don't really have a position right now that where they would definitely put him. He can play third. He plays first. He can play in the outfield. When he was a little boy, he, he was not a very very fast kid. <laughs> it would take him a while to get started, but he's really come into his own, and football's really helped him. You know, the, the football is, is valuable because, you know, they, the strength programs they go through and uh, the agilities and stuff that they do, is you know, it's helped Edward. But he has got really, really quick hands. And when I'm evaluating a hitter, is you know, it's his hand speed. And he's really, you know, he's really swinging the bat really well. And, you know, he's he's getting his hits. And, you know, sometimes he's he probably hit the ball harder last year than he does this year. But his power is he's got it and it's going to come. And, see, power is the last thing that a good hitter develops. And that's why you really want to see guys that's able to hit line drives and drive the balls in the gap. And that was one thing that he was able to do. That's why he started when he was a ninth grader. He hit uh, fourth on the team as a ninth grader. And you don't see that very often. And when you look at the kids that they got there, there's you know there's uh, three kids that are sophomores that are starting. They got two uh, ninth graders that are starting. So you got five kids really underclassmen that would be playing on the ninth grade team or tenth uh, or the uh, JV team or or the um, the freshman team. But all those kids are starting on the varsity. And you got two of those kids that has already made a verbal commitment to Auburn, and that's the younger kids. And, you know, I think the sky's the limit for Edward McLeod. I mean, I've seen him hit a couple of balls. Like I told you against, uh, I think it was Mobile Christian, not Mobile Christian. Um, Cottage Hill Christian. Cottage Hill Christian. Where it's about 560 to yeah. center field. Yeah, he hit he hit a ball over 400 feet, and it was 70 foot short. <laughs> that, was a, <laughs> that was the longest ball that I've seen hit, except I saw him hit. I just pulled up the other night when he hit his, other, his home run the other night. And it was the ball was out of the park before he got out of the box. I mean, he's got he's a big, strong guy. And there's one thing I hope I hope you get an opportunity to meet him and shake hands with him. The first thing that Eddie Stanky that he would do, he would shake hands with everybody. And he and and Stanky had a really really strong grip. And but one thing that you all you you notice about big league players, big league players. If you've been around them and you shake hands with them, it's like shaking hands with a frying pan. Their hands are so thick. And and the other day, I mean, he has grown up so much that, you know, it's amazing for me. 
And man, I'm watching him when he was 10 years old and where he is now, body-wise. And and that's why you you know you, you never know, you know you know how big kids are going to be. And so you know when you, every kid is a prospect. And I, I keep that philosophy that the White Sox did with us. But he's a very, very strong kid. Uh, you know, he, he works out every day, hard worker. He has great work ethic. And the big thing is he's a good kid. And that's what everybody needs to understand is that you need you, – you work on your personality as well as you do your game. That's correct, Ricky. That's correct. That, you know, and I, with Edward McLeod – he had six RBIs the other night, and he's looking good. He only played two games, but he put up some big numbers in those two games. But what I want to do is I want to try to try to explain what I know about these state playoffs. And, again, Coach Jacks and Coach Higginbotham can, can help me out with this when we get on the phone. But the state playoffs, the first round for, for 7A does not start until April 28th and 29th. So the teams in 7A Area 1 – that are still competing. They're going to compete against each other until next week. And I've got the schedules, but it would it would really confuse you. The teams that are that are still out there are Baker, Mary Montgomery, Bryant, and Davidson. Baker 17-11. Mary Montgomery, Barry Hightower had almost three complete games this past weekend, Ricky. And they're eleven and ten. Uh, area two, Fairhope is twenty and eight. Daphne 14 and 11 and Foley 9 and 14. The champions of those and the runner up of those divisions have not been determined yet. Uh, in the 6A first round, 1, 1A through 6A starts April 21st through 22nd. And 6A area one is Sarah Land. 19 and 7, Theodore 12 and 8, and Faith Academy 14 and 12. Like I said, that those three teams are some key games. These, these, these area games are series. It's three-game series, and, and some of them mean a whole lot, maybe for the next team to get in for that second spot. Uh, area 2, 6A, Baldwin County, 20 and 10. They have already been declared the champions. Uh uh, Spanish Fort 16 and 13, and Robertsdale 20 and 10. We, we're still undetermined who else is going to get in there. 5A Area 1, Gulf Shores at 20 and 10 are declared the champions. Alberta at 7 and 17 are still out there. Area 2, St. Paul's at 18 and 7 are already declared the champs. But Mobile Christian at 15 and 11, and Citronelle at 10 and 10 are still out there. 4A Area 1, UMS Wright is 18 and 9, and Bayside Academy is 18 and 7. And they're doing real well. Good pitching staffs on both teams. Area 2, Satsuma, already been declared the champs at 16 and 6. And that's on the 4A level. 3A level, you have Area 1, yet to be determined. Cottage Hill, 10 and 13. Flomerton and W.S. Neal at 11 and 11. And then 2A, Area 1, Bayshore Christian is just having an outstanding season at 17 and 4. And, and St. Luke's at 11 and 12 are still out there. And so I think we got Coach Trent Higginbotham on the phone, Ricky, and we're going to find out what he's got to say. Coach, you there? Yes, sir. Thank you all so much for having me tonight. Coach, it's, it's, a, it's a complete honor to, to have you on from, from the Baldwin County Tiger Town over there. And the first thing I want to start is congratulations on being that. Area chance for 6A, Area 2, with a 20-10 and 10 record. You did an outstanding job, Coach. Oh, thank you. And we're going to have um, – that area championship is still up in the air. That will be determined this week um, when we play Spanish Fort. But we have clinched a playoff first. So we, our guys are very excited about that. But hopefully they understand the job's not done yet. Okay, and I just went through a pitch of trying to explain this this area one uh, A through seven A, which only we only have we don't have any one A teams. But thank you for for uh, making that right because I, I I was under the understanding that that y'all had already won, but you did get the playoff berth. Because uh, is it the first and second teams that get in, right, Coach? Uh, yes, sir. That's right. So uh, we're three and one. Spanish Ford is three and one. So whoever wins two out of three this week will be the area champs. Okay. All right. I had put Robertsdale 
in there in my pitch. But y'all beat Robertsdale two out of three last weekend, which y'all eliminated a really good team. And I, I saw the excitement on on video, and and it it was it was it both both games was five four if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir, it was, and uh, Coach Bezray does a tremendous job over there. You always know what you're going to get with those guys. They're not going to punch out a ton. They're going to fight, scratch, and claw, and they're going to compete their tails off, and we were fortunate to come out on on top for you know two really, really good high school baseball games, fun atmosphere. Um, you know, when we went over there, the fans showed out, a lot of people there, and then when we hosted our doubleheader at our place, um, a lot of fans out. So it was very fun to be a part of. Well, it's obvious. I can see I can see how excited the people are, and, and that's just that's what high school baseball should be all about. And I tell you what, Spanish Ford, I don't know a whole lot about them. I know one of their better players, Pierce Dutton, is hurt. But year after year, they continue to put out great athletes, and, and it, it should be a really good series, and I wish you all the luck in that, Coach. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you so much. You know, Coach J.D. is another one we – you know, we're very fortunate down in the Mobile area to have a ton of good coaches. Uh, JD's another one. He's going to have those guys ready to rock and roll. Their their roster is very deep and talented as usual. Um, and you know, we're just hoping to play our best ball come Thursday, Friday. Well, I'm sure that, that your players will, will pull together. You've got some good ones that are that are close knit. They're putting up good numbers too. I got to give uh, one of your parents, Walt Sims. He he sends me stuff and and gives me information he's been a he's been a real blessing to me to help me keep up with the things i'm doing but but coach you've taken a team that was 10 and 20 last season i believe and now you've you've kind of turned that around to a 20 and 10 season and won some really big games and this is y'all first playoff berth since 2019 if i'm not mistaken tell me how you've done that coach uh, yes, sir, and it's easy to look and say, oh, it's the coach, but uh, it, it's the kids. Because um, the kids, at the end of the day, they have the choice. Do they want to buy in or do they want to do it their own way? Do they want to be helped to go and set a standard? One, we defined our standard. Uh, what was our standard? Our standard was every day you're going to show up, you're going to work as hard as you possibly can to get ready for the next day. And you need to look at yourself in the mirror at the end of every single day and and if you can say that you gave everything your all and you didn't waste the day, we're going to be in a good position at the end of the year. And we started over the course of the summer. I know uh, us, just like everybody else in our area, graduated a ton of seniors. And I was fortunate enough to know some of those seniors. I think they had a, a talented bunch. And really, if you look at the stats from last year, we returned one guy that really started on the mound and, um, and in our lineup. So coming into the season, I was very nervous just about uh, not us being so much as young, just inexperienced. Um, but we had some real conversations. We had a group that they had some very, you know, good success as a JV team. Um, but we had a real conversation about maybe what people said about Baldwin County um, if you weren't a part of us. And uh, we had some real honest conversations, and I challenged him my first day on the job, change what people say about us. And that we kind of went through summer, went through the fall with a little bit of an edge. I think that helped. We have an extremely competitive group. Um, you know, on weekends, I'm pretty sure they play wiffle ball tournaments and play basketball, any sport um, you can think of. They're competing in some way. Um, but also we implemented a standard. And, um, again, the standard was, you know, don't waver from trying your best for one team, one family, every second that we have on the baseball field. Um, and that's something that I've learned from Coach Smoke Laval. I was fortunate enough to learn a lot from him. Um, a longtime assistant coach at LSU. He was a head coach at LSU, head coach at Louisiana Monroe. He coached me at University of North Florida. And um, it, that was his standard, to be as good as you can be every single day. But also with that standard, um, you had to have dominant pitching. It was kind of like a food pyramid of success. And if you walk through our locker room, our guys would tell you that. Um, what is the number one thing you have to have to win? Well, it's dominant pitching. Well, how do you do that in high school? Don't walk anybody. Don't walk anybody. Let us play defense. Because that's the number two thing. you got to have airtight defense. 
Uh, if you have dominant pitching, have airtight defense, you give yourself a chance in every game. Well, what's the next thing? Next thing's timely hitting. We understand not everybody's going to hit 300. That's very, very tough to do in this game. You're going to fail a lot in this game. But get the timely hit. Don't get a hit when there's nobody on and the guy at second base and you, or there's nobody on, there's two outs, and you hit an 18 hopper through the middle to go one for four. Go one for four when it matters. Get, you know focus in a little bit more and get that hit when there's a guy at second base, two outs. And then there's hitting through the lineup, and I could go through another 15, 20 of those. Um, but that's kind of our food pyramid. Uh, we talk a lot about setting the tone, um, whether that's we're on defense first. Go up, whoever's pitching, have a one, two, three inning. Set the tone. Then when we come in, try to score first. Um, and then keep it close and win the business end of the ball game. Um, but there's so many things that go into it, and we preach, and every coach does. We preach kind of our standards, what we want it to look like, and um, getting the guys to kind of buy into it. That's, that's always the trick, but we have an extremely competitive group. I can't thank those guys enough for trusting me and trusting our great coaching staff and really pulling together as a family. That, that's what it took. Um, you know, it's, it's not about you. Nobody really cares. Um, if you go four for four, if we lose, you know, 10 to two, nobody cares. And nobody really cares if you went over four, but we win, you know, six to two. It's all, it's a team. And if you look up at the end of the year and that's your attitude, you're going to look up and, and see the Tigers having a lot of success. So it's just been a really, really fun, um, you know, teaching the game, um, implementing the things that we feel is important and uh, seeing the guys really buy into that. Well, Coach, I, you got me fired up by, by some of the things you just taught me. I'm ready to go back on the field myself. But but you, you, I mentioned earlier you have a close-knit group, and I've seen on the videos the parents, they're just outstanding, cheering for the, for the kids. But I had the opportunity at the Midtown Optimist Club Awards Luncheon to meet one of your players. And I'm very, very impressed with Trevor Murphy. And I'm for the, for the listeners out there, uh, we're, we're, we're talking to, to – to uh, Trent Higginbotham of the Baldwin County Tigers. And and I want to mention some numbers that Trevor Murphy has put up. He He's hitting 476. He's got 40 hits, 13 doubles, 28 RBIs, five home runs, 12 walks, and one of the most impressive numbers I see. He's been hit by a pitch 13 times. And that's at the plate. And now he goes out onto the mound, and he's 6-1. With a 2.91 ERA, and what I like most is five complete games. And you've got several other players that are putting up good numbers. I'm not trying to single Trevor out because he seems like such a great guy, and you don't seem like the kind of coach. You're the team team atmosphere type guy. But talk a little bit about Trevor. I think he deserves it. Oh, Trevor is outstanding. Um, there were some college on colleges on him early in the fall and just helping him through the recruiting process because Trevor's one, um, you know, travel ball. I think if you ask all the high school coaches in the area, you have good and bad. Um, but he sees a lot of uh, other teammates that he plays with in the summers and in the fall is committing to these schools. And, you know, he was one you could kind of tell was frustrated. Well, when's my time coming? And, and I kind of sat him down in my office one day and I said, Trevor, I'm going to help you through this. This used to be my job. I said, I'm going to help you through it. Your time's going to be coming. And we just nonstop kept talking about that. Um, very great kid, knows where his faith is. Um, yes, sir, no, sir. Um, <laughs> he will not let anybody else. As a senior, you know, usually sometimes seniors like to tell the underclassmen what to do, but he will not let anybody else rake third base. That is his job. It's been his job for a long time at Baldwin County High School, and he's not giving that up. I even tried to implement because sometimes I wish he would be a little more vocal, which I will give him credit. Um, I'm, and me and him and another senior have talked about becoming more of a vocal leader because they've always been the doers. And um, I felt like this team really needed a vocal leader, so I actually tried to make it where they, the seniors, because we only have four of them, weren't allowed to help set up practice or tear down practice um and still you see trevor murphy 
first one to grab a rake and run it over to third base. And But he's done a great job of also vocalizing his leadership. And I think he's a prime example. Um, if you worry about being a really good teammate, if you worry about the right things, team success, this game, this great game will take care of you. And uh, he's a prime example of that. And I think what's even cool about it is, you know, going into this year, obviously Trevor's the player we knew. It matters if it was 70 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour. He was going to be able to handle it. The big question I had to my assistants and, um, you know, just kind of myself was, okay, well, everybody in this area, in this in South Alabama knows that he can really, really hit. How are we going to protect him? And we, we early on in the season, we tried a few different things. And uh, we just tried to find that magic formula. And luckily now, um, he has a guy in front of him, Quincy Walters, that's having a phenomenal season. Um, he, he's really benefiting from having Trevor protect him in the lineup. But what's even cooler is we have two guys right behind Trevor Murphy, Aiden Owens and Jackson Schuler, that have protected Trevor all year. I think uh, when Trevor gets intentionally walked, I think we're like six for seven or six for eight or something like that. Um, so we have a couple guys with big time grit behind them where if you walk or pitch around Trevor they they understand you you did that on purpose and they kind of they get a little frustrated and that kind of locks them in even more which I you know I wish they took every at bat like that but Trevor has a great family he's committed to or signed to Bishop State coach Hattenstein is getting it one coach Hat does a tremendous job at Bishop State they're having a tremendous season but he is getting an absolute winner that's going to be able to hit at any level. Okay, Coach. Uh, uh, I was <laughs> I'm really impressed with 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 what you've done over there at Baldwin County. Myself and Ricky Patterson are here in the studio, and we're we're really happy about you coming on and sharing some stuff with us. But we can't let you go without uh, talking about your wife. Your wife. Uh, uh, Monica Higginbotham, Monica Meadows Higginbotham. It's it's a really cool thing. Both my daughters grew up with your daughter. I mean, your wife and her sister. And here you are. Your your wife is a softball coach for Bishop State, and her sister is a softball coach. Mallory Radwich is the softball coach at at Coastal South, and and uh, Billy Meadows, their father is, is a, a man that I grew up with from my childhood and and just to see those two girls come up and do such a great great thing for for girls softball playing at baker high school for coach tony scarborough and progressing the way they have and representing our community here and and now here you are doing big things for baldwin county uh i don't know how y'all do it coach it's 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 softball baseball you got it going on at your household right uh, let's just—we don't play Scrabble anymore because last time we played Scrabble, I beat her, and we're pretty competitive. Uh, so it's a—it's a very competitive household. But yeah, my wife um, in Bishop State—they are having a tremendous season. I'm very happy to see what they're doing. She's a tremendous coach. Uh, my sister-in-law does a great job at Coastal South, and they do so much. Just. Overall, in the Mobile and Baldwin County areas um, of promoting youth softball, Uh, my wife's even helping out. Um, They're trying to get a college softball league started in the area. They have a few spots, Um, and I think if you go and just find her on Facebook, she's been posting about the Southeast Collegiate Softball League, which uh, you know is very common in baseball to go have summer leagues. Uh, but pretty uncommon in college softball. So she's been very excited about that. And she, she's a, she's a very big inspiration to me and our little girl. So I'm proud of everything she's doing. Well, so am I. And and I know their father, Billy is. And, and uh, next time that Bishop state and and coastal South plays, I'm gonna try my best to get out there and see him play. And that'd be a a great thing to see coach again i want to thank you for coming on and and i wish your baldwin county tigers the best of luck against spanish fort coming up and and when y'all get into the playoffs i hope y'all can take it all the way to the finals and bring that trophy home coach oh yes sir that's the plan um you know prepare next week uh to be able to say hey we can play next week (laughs) 
Um, so thank you so much for having me on. Um, y'all do a tremendous job covering uh, high school athletics in our area. We appreciate everything y'all do. And um, y'all have a lot more followers than you could ever imagine. I know our guys follow y'all, so thank you so much. And, and thank you again, Coach. And, and you have a great night. And, and go Tigers. Yes, sir. Go Tigers. Thank you. <laughs> This is Joey Warner. I'm with the Batters Box, and we're here in the studio with my co-host Ricky Patterson. Ricky, we're we're talking high school baseball tonight, and and these teams are getting ready to go to the playoffs. And it's really important that they do everything right. You can't lose no more games. I mean, this is they got state championships on their mind. What to you, coaching on every level from AAA all the way down to junior college to to every every level you've coached what's the important thing for these high school teams going into these playoffs tell us what you think well the number the number one thing is going to be pitching and coach Higginbotham you know he hit on it that you know the pitching and what his philosophy is uh, I thought it was very very good I, mean, I was going to ask him a couple of questions on that but he you know he hit right on it and going, in, and going into your playoffs and really, you know, most of your season. But when it gets to the playoff time, it's all about pitching. And the pitcher and the, your, your pitching staff and your, your bullpen. And if you've developed your bullpen, because they're going to be the ones that's going to have, you're going to have to rely on in those, those games and where you got to make a decision quick. And if you, that's why you have to develop that bullpen. And, he, and if you've done that, you know, all season long, getting those guys in an inning two here and there, and because that's what it's going to come down to is your bullpen and how they and how they perform, because you know, it's pitching is and what he and what Coach Higginbotham hit on was you know the strikes, being able to throw strikes, because pitching wins and lose championships. You know, that's that's one of the key ingredients is you know, your pitching staff and being able to go out there and give your team. It's not about strikeouts. It's not about over-dominating. It's being able to let your, your pitchers, uh, you know, throw, if they throw strikes and because you, you got other guys out there that can make the play for you. And then they once they see that the players uh, can make plays for them, then they attack the zone. And then just one thing, if you can command your fastball, attack the zone, and you know, and give your give your team an opportunity. Stay out of the big innings, and the big innings. A pitcher that's successful goes out and he gives up three runs. That's a good. That's a good game. If he gives up less than three runs, he's pitched a heck of a ball game. And that's all that you're really trying to get your your pitchers to understand all through the whole season, is to you know go out there and give me a quality start. Quality start, three runs or less. And if you've done that, you've done your job. It's not like you got to go out there and you got to strike everybody out. You got to go out there and compete and get get ground balls when you need to. I once had a uh, pitcher for me uh, that Steve Shrink, and pitched in the big leagues. Steve was a he was a sinker ball guy, and he was battling, and uh, he was going through some problems and stuff. And I told him, I said, look, I use Coach Stanky on this. I said, you go out there. And you give me 17 ground balls in this game, so I give you $100. He had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning because he wasn't out there trying to strike people out. He was trying to get people to hit ground balls. He trusted his sinker, and that's what made him successful. And that's you know that's what you the pitchers got to understand, what your strength is, and your job is to get them to hit the ball on the ground. You don't go for a strikeout on the first pitch. And you, I see a lot of that today. Guys are stri- trying to strike people out on the first pitch. You know, you want them to put the ball in play early in the count. That way your pitch, your pitch count stays down. And then once you get ahead in the count, then you can go for your strikeout. But they kind of got it backwards. They wait. They got, uh, they'll get, you know, one, stri- uh, one strike on the hitter and try to and throw his best breaking ball. And then they'll make a mistake and go, okay, well, I'm going to throw a better breaking ball. And that's the one they hang and somebody bangs. So it's, you know, it's all about the pitching to me that's going to, it's going to win, it's going to put you through the next level, give an opportunity. All you're trying to do is get to the next game. That's your whole objective. You know, if all you want to do is an opportunity to play for the championship. And, and whatever happens in the championship happens, but you try to compete and get to that one point. I was I was very fortunate. I was fortunate, you know, to go through a lot of that and sit there and watch Stanky how he handles his pitching staff. 
Ricky, that's great stuff, man. I, I love it. I love it coming down here. I'm, I'm learning so much, or re, so much stuff is being reinforced, and, and you're coaching me just just as well as the listeners out there. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the Batter's Box on WNSP now. And right now, I think we got Coach Chris Jacks from Gulf Shores. Are you on the line, Coach? I am, Joey. Thank you for having me, buddy. Man, it's 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 great, man. I am so glad that you're able to come on, and Coach. Tell us what's going on with Gulf Shores. Have y'all won the championship, or have y'all won a berth on the championship yet? Yes, sir. We uh, completed a three-game sweep this weekend of Alberta, which uh, secured us uh, our third straight area championship. So we will be hosting next Friday night here in Gulf Shores. Do you know who you're going to play? We do not. Silicon and Shelby County. I'll play on Tuesday and Thursday. The doubleheader will be Thursday. So we'll know Thursday afternoon, Thursday night, uh, who we'll be facing next Friday. Okay, that's great. Now, that makes it easier for everybody when it comes out on paper like that because we can all understand it. Uh, we just had Coach Trent. Higginbotham on from Baldwin County and I had went through a pitch just a few minutes before of of the areas from 2A to 6A and then from 7A which is a week later and it wasn't too scrambled but it wasn't it wasn't I had Baldwin County already being the championship of the champions of area two and six A, but they still got to beat Spanish four, but they have received a berth. But I'm glad to know that y'all won the championship. I had, I had y'all penciled in as the five A area one champions. And I want to tell you on that note, coach, congratulations. You're doing an outstanding job. I, you think you've, you, I've seen where y'all have won 15 consecutive area games and, and those are big games to y'all. And, and talk a little bit about, about what's going on over there at Gulf Shores coach. Well, Joey, we, we, we like what we got. Um, this is my seventh year as the head coach here. And when we started um, seven years ago, we had about 32 kids in the program, 7 through 12. And uh, this year we just finished up. We had four teams. We had a seventh grade team, an eighth grade team, a JV, and a varsity. So we got about 56 kids in the program, uh, 26 middle schoolers, and 28 high schoolers. And uh, we got nine seniors, so we will – graduate a decent sized class but uh we, we we like our resources here that our city school system allows us to have um a lot of people know about our tournaments and so we we, we do a great job of fundraising but we, we like where we're at we really like the group we got this year and, and we really like the group we got coming back next year for sure uh which i think next year will probably be our last year in 5a and then we'll be making the jump back up to 6a uh that following year well, Coach, we, we don't want y'all to move up without a state championship, and I want you to know that we're all pulling for you. And, and you know, Mo, Mobile and Baldwin County are pulling for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, anyway, you came up underneath a couple of really good ones, Peter Bezzaretti and, and Kevin Rayleigh. Talk a little bit about that, Coach, of how, how you learned from those two men. Uh, well, Coach, right when I got out, Joey, I got out of – when I got done with college, I came down and I was able to get hired on at Robertsdale. And I, I was able to get on with Kevin Rayleigh's staff. Um, and, and it was Jody Levins at the time and Colby Kleckler, who Colby Kleckler is uh, our pitching coach here at Gold Shore. So me and Coach Kleck have actually, I've coached 12 years in high school baseball and 11 of them have been with Coach Kleckler. So we've, uh, Coach Kleck was actually the JV head coach back in those days. Uh, that was 2011 and 12, right around there, 13. And um, we kind of always thought, because Coach Kleck is a Gulf Shores uh, alumni, he played under Coach Donnie Spahn here, played on the 03 state championship runner-up team. And so we kind of had it planned out where I'd probably come down here and follow him. And he'd end up being the head skipper, and long story short, I ended up getting the job a little bit before Nick. I was able to get Coach Kleckler down here as my pitching coach from Robertsdale my second year down here. So, you know, it was a three really good years with, with um, Kevin. Learned a ton. Coach Rayleigh is as um, good as a guy as you're going to find. And I really learned. I watched him about the relationship side of things. And what I learned about Kevin is it, it never seemed during the season – you know, he was at Robertsdale for 23 years, Joey, and it always seemed like he had guys coming back. Every night when the lights were on, 
you know, we would be practicing and, and he would have guys stop by that he had coached over the years. And I watched his relationship with those guys and I watched how he interact with them. And it just really taught me about the relationship side of coaching and uh, running a program and, you know, obviously learning the ball side of things from Kevin was, you know, I learned a ton from Coach Riley, from practice organization, from running the program. And, um, you know, I just – what I got from Kevin really was how he treated people. Uh, Kevin's a really, really good guy. And uh, I learned a lot from his three years. And then when Coach Bezzaretti came in, my last two years there when I was at Robertson, I was there five years, uh, my first five years in education. I really learned – I learned a lot about hitting from uh, Coach Bezzaretti. You know, Coach Bezzaretti's as good as a hitting guy that's around this area. And um, – you know, I, I learned a lot of things that we still use today in our program here at Gulf Shores. And, and just saw a different style of some things with Coach Bezzaretti, practice organization. And um, I really liked his off-season training and the way we went about the competitive side of some things in the off-season training and uh, the weight room side of it. You know, Coach Bezzaretti bought a lot of that in to Robert Self that time. And, you know, so learning from those two guys who've won a, a, a ton of ball games, you're talking about two guys that, you know, probably won almost a thousand games. I mean, Coach Rayleigh won his 700 last week. And I know Coach Bez won his 200th a year or so ago. So, you know, those two guys for a, you know, I was 24, 25 at the time, Joey, and uh, just, just learned a wealth of baseball that we really still use today. There's a lot of things that, me and Coach Clay used from that we were doing with Coach Rayleigh, and, and then a lot of there's some things that we still use to this day that we learned under Coach Bezzaretti. So it really kind of shaped and molded our program that we have here at Gulf Shores, being under those two guys. Well, that's really cool. I, I've had an opportunity to meet Coach Bezzaretti a couple of times when he's, or more than a couple of times when he's brought players over there to the Midtown Optimist Club awards luncheon. And I can tell you right now, when he talks, people listen. He's a big guy, and he 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 doesn't mind telling you good things. And and Coach Kevin Rayleigh, I actually played against Kevin back when he played at Davidson High School, and and he came up underneath uh, Coach Ronnie Powell, who came underneath. Eddie Stanky and and my co-host in here, Ricky Patterson tonight. He's a, a Eddie Stanky product. And even though Kevin didn't play it under Coach Stanky, he played under Kittrell and he played under Powell at Enterprise State as well. And I think he played under Kittrell at at Spring Hill College. But Kevin is a very respected player. And 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 uh, when he when he was coming up as a player and as a coach, he's just done wonders. Seven hundred victories is is a lot, but. Coach, you've been very successful in your seven years at Gulf Shores, and you mentioned resources, and over the years, everybody loves to go to Gulf Shores. And you're coaching at a place down there at the beach. I mean, you got resources, and I you got parents, a good administration. Talk about your parents and administration and, and how they support you, Coach. Uh, Joe, we've, uh, you know, we went to the school system about three years ago, and um, it has been, yeah, it's been really, really good uh, to watch, to go from a bigger school system in Baldwin County school system to, you know, a much smaller um, school system where all three schools are on one campus, our board of education is at the front of the campus, you know, I, I, I talk with the superintendent weekly and Dr. Aiken, um, and, and we've got, you know, we've got our own athletic director now that, that he doesn't coach anything. Coach Wilson, who came from Arkansas, has replaced Kevin Tubbs. And then Miss Cindy Veazey, our principal. We really, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, within reason, Yeah, in seven years I've never been told no. You know, I go talk to them if we want to take a trip. If we need to do this, we need to do that. You know, they're, they're always, you know, coach, whatever you think this is the best that's going to help us be successful, you're all in. You know, we're all in. If you want to travel, last year we had that group of seniors, and we really, you know, we got on the road three straight weeks. So we met three straight Fridays of school, um, and, and they were all for it because our kids make good grades. Uh, they make A's and B's. That's pretty much a standard of what is expected out of them. Uh, last year we had a 3.73 team GPA. And um, so we're allowed to do a lot of things. We fundraise extremely well. My parents, um, they do anything we ask them to do, Joey. I mean, we, we've got a little reminder out 
if we need to get a gate covered, I'll send it out. Yeah, usually within five or ten minutes, it's covered. You know, they really work together. We kind of sell uh, our, our program as being one. You know, we got our two step, our two middle school grades. Everything's run through uh, the high school staff, trickle down to our middle school staff. We've got four coaches down there on our middle school staff. We, we, uh, the head coach is Bubba Nelson, who fits in the minors with the Braves organization for 10 years. Alan Winningham's an assistant who played at Holmes uh, Community College in the Southern Myth. He said there's just guys down there with a wealth of knowledge, and they want to be down there. And then we've got, you know, six coaches at the high school. So our city school system, you know, with, with nine supplements they give us uh, to be able to go find quality baseball guys. And, and I'll be honest, Joey, we don't have a single coach on staff that doesn't want to be there. There's no, uh, hey, you just got hired. We need to. We need somebody to coach middle school baseball, so we're going to need you to do this. It's um, really I've got all guys that have I've reached out to and interviewed and sat down, and they want to be a part of it. Um, they do a great job. They're invested in what we're doing. We fundraise extremely well with our three tournaments. Uh, we just concluded a couple weeks ago. We we do three spring break tournaments. Our first tournament this year had 72 teams in it. And, uh, and then our second one was somewhere around 30, and, and I think we had 44 in our third one. So we're like 144 teams over three weeks come down here and compete at the beach and go to the local surrounding high schools. And, and so that, that's a big money maker for really all of high school baseball in Baldwin County. And uh, we get to bring a lot of teams down from Oklahoma, Arkansas, Illinois, Tennessee, uh, and, and get to come down here and, and show off our campuses in Baldwin County and, and, and Gulf Shores and Orange Beach and it really is um, It's a unique situation with, you know, if you hit it hard, you, you aggressively fundraise here, you, you really can operate on a, on a very, you know, prestigious high school budget, to be honest. That's cool stuff, Coach. It really is. And to have that kind of support, that you're, you're extremely fortunate. You know, I, I, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm echoing the same interview that I, that I talked with Coach Higginbotham earlier and Coincidentally, both of y'all teams are 20 and 10, and you both got a team leader very similar to each other, and you both have a team concept with the rest of the players. But And I had the same opportunity to meet the player I'm getting ready to mention and kind of highlight with you at the Midtown Optimus Club Awards Luncheon, and that's uh, Connor Gear. And I want to... I want to talk about his statistics for a minute because, you know, that's that's what kind of guy I am. But Connor Gear for Gulf Shores Dolphins is hitting 461 with 41 hits, seven doubles, four triples, a home run, and 36 RBIs. That's at the plate. On the mound, he's 4-1 with 62 strikeouts and a 1.69 ERA. And, Coach... When you have a player like that that's cutting the trail, tell me how, how good it is for the rest of the team, Coach. Well, Connor Connor's the type of kid that we all wish we coach every single year. Uh, he, I saw this coming on with Connor in the fall. This, this was his first year to uh, – he stepped away from football this year and really attacked the weight room and, and just balled into working on his craft. And uh, he, he plays high-level travel ball in the summer. He's got very supportive parents uh, that they've got an end goal. You know, Connor's got a goal. Of, he wants to play Division One baseball, or, or in, you know, either in Mississippi or the Panhandle of Juca. He really, he don't really. He just wants to have an opportunity at the next level. And he's really done a great job of attacking it. Um, but Connor is our heart and soul. I mean, we kind of go as he goes. Uh, which I, you know, I don't want to put that type of pressure on us. 16-year-old kid, but when he toes the mound, we feel like we got a good chance at winning. I mean, we do. And a lot of times, like he did against Alberta on Thursday night, he went six and he went uh, 6.1 innings. I mean, I think he was three for four to play. And, uh, you know, he just, he really does a little bit of it all. I mean, he, he does the two most important things in baseball is he hits and he pitches. You know, he does play the field for us, but you know, hits in the three hole and he's the number one guy. So, I mean, he's been he's had a great year. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Me and him were actually sitting in the dugout today, and he was talking about coach. I can remember the McGill game like it was yesterday, which was opening day. And I said, buddy, the type of year you've had, I'm sure it has gone by fast because you ain't had much to struggle about for sure. It's been a lot of fun to watch him. 
What is one of your main uh, main concerns, Coach? You know, going in uh, going into this, uh, your your pitching staff and and having them ready to go. It sounds like that you guys are got everything going this year. And you know, I my big question is, how in the world did you do it when you got? Didn't you say you had nine seniors? This year we have nine. We had twelve last year, and so we've had a um, and we've got we've got nine or ten juniors as well. So we've been. We've been kind of, you know, these last two, three years, we've had some older kids, which I feel like has is, is helped out. Now, you deal with a little bit of senioritis and things like that with kids these days, but our kids have really, you know, bought into the, you know, we, we haven't gotten out of the second round the last two years. We've had a really good team, 6A tough, and 5A is, is, is as well. Um, but, you know, these, this group kind of didn't want to be the group to, to not continue what was going on the last couple of years with that group we graduated last year with, with Steed and Mark Stevens and those guys just they started you know Mark started over a hundred baseball games here Glasser the same thing those guys started for four years and really just did a great job of, of leaving a culture for you know these other kids well we're not going to be the group to not continue this thing we're going to win 20 to 25 games a year and we want to win area championship year in year out and we want to host a playoff game and now the big the big talk is you know we want to get out of that first round and we've got to win us a road playoff game last two years we've been on the road second round and we just haven't been able to get the job done and uh moving forward this year you know i really feel you know it's hard to pick out one thing that kind of worries me as a coach you know how it goes some of the when things are bad those stick out more than others but we we pitched it really well at times and then we hadn't hit it very well over this past weekend we hit it really well and and outside of gear and uh, joseph stevens did a really good job coming in and closing closing out three games for us this past week we didn't pitch it that well so you know we, we've got some guys that have got good pitch ability that um you know, we got Garrett runs it up there pretty good. And we've got another junior uh, by the name of Mac Anderson who's, who's 88 to 92 and has really – he's got really good stuff, but we've got to get him in the zone. And, and at times we've had had a hard time with, with him being in the zone consistently. So, you know, we feel good about gear. You know, Alex Rippey's done a great job for us. He's a crafty guy. You know, mid-70s, the uppers, and, you know, go pitch backwards and flip up breaking ball in there and – you know, just compete. He, he early in the year went toe to toe with Thompson um, in an eight inning game when us and Thompson went to extra innings early on in the year. And um, so, yeah, I, I, at times I worry about our bats cutting off. And but you know, this past weekend I, it showed us, it showed me that you know we we, we had better approaches. We really were locked in, and um, you know, our pitching at times struggled a little bit this weekend with command. But pitching and defense is what we hang our hat on um, here at Gulf Shores. We feel like we can pitch it and play some defense. We're going to have a chance to win every every night. Well, you know? that, and that, that's kind of what we hang our hat on. And our goal, I heard you guys talking about, you know, three runs or less for a pitcher is, is you know, a quality outing. And that's what I tell our guys. It's, it's, we feel like if we score four runs, if we score four runs, we should win the baseball game. That, that's kind of our MO on offense. We ain't got to get a bunch of guys that, or going to bang it all over the park. We got two or three that do a pretty good job. But outside of that, it's, you know, we're going to bunt when it's in order. We're going to hit and run. We're going to bunt and run. We're going to do some of those dirt ball. We're going to dirt ball read it. You know, try to be really good at, on the bases and do those small things that it takes to put runners across the plate, you know, by just putting runners in motion and putting a little bit of pressure on the defense. I like that. I like I like that style, and you know the the question that that I had, you know, is uh, uh, when you got those nine seniors, you know, and you brought it up right away, a senioritis. So, and here's the here's the key, in my opinion, you've done a great job of getting those players prepared and getting them to believe in that they got somewhere else to go and, and this is not going to be the end and where they don't get that senior, senioritis. That's the only thing that, you know, you got to have those that mixture of young kids that, that has the enthusiasm that keeps them going. But it sounds like your seniors are the ones that's really taken over and it's got the energy because that's the biggest problem that you have when you got a, a senior team. 
And it sounds like that you developed your pen. It sounds like that you just, if you keep it close, you give us an opportunity to win. That's all you have to do when you get into the playoffs. All you want to do is have a chance going into the last inning. And and that sounds like that you guys got a great game plan. And I, I, I hope the best for you. We appreciate it so much. We're super excited about it. Uh, we really haven't started playing our best until of late, which is, you know, it's kind of been the plan. I felt like last year, especially, we, we, we you know, when you're 27 and five, you don't play much bad baseball at all over the course of a year. But no. I really felt like last year we 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 probably during the area play was playing our best and pitching our best and you know hitting our best and not that we didn't play great, didn't play bad in the first round against McAdory, but. I felt like we kind of did enough just to get by. And then the next week, we played a really, really good Stanhope team. Um, you know, and they, we blew two leads against them. Uh, but they did a great job. I tipped my hat to them. Uh, but, you know, I really feel like this group has kind of waited a little bit later in the year uh, to kind of start playing our best. And, and uh, I felt like our energy, really the last seven to eight days, you know, I, I, we've got a great mix of juniors and a great mix of seniors. I, you know, our juniors, we have more juniors that start than our seniors, but we've got some seniors that, that are key, you know, guys that come out of the bullpen or speed up on the bases for our pitcher and catcher. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I feel like everybody's pretty invested. We, we worked hard. We, we give them pretty much the month of July off, and then outside of that we work, you know, 11 months out of the year. So everybody's pretty invested from the parent. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we work out during the, during the season at 6.15 a.m. in the morning. So and when that includes our middle schoolers. And so for about three, four years, these parents are dropping their kids off at 6.15 a.m. in the morning for morning workouts two, three days a week during the course of the season. You know, and it makes them invested, too, into the program. Uh, you know, and I feel like that, that's one, one of our big focuses this time of year is we're going to shorten it up a little bit at practice, come in and get our work in. Um our, our days are a little shorter because, you know, been three weeks of running tournaments. You know, that, that's three weeks. Those those three days, Monday through Wednesday, a first pitch at 9 a.m., the last game starts at 7 p.m. That makes for some long days for the staff and the players because we're trying to figure out when we're going to practice. And, and we played in a couple of those tournaments this year. We started the game this year, guys, at 10.50 p.m., in one of the Gulf Coast Classics, and uh, we had school the next day. So, you know, those those tournaments can be challenging, get you out of your real routine, create long days. And so this time of the year, the day we were done at 5 o'clock. You know, we went to center field at 210, and at 5 o'clock we were breaking it down, and, and that was a nice – we had morning workouts this morning. And, and so we felt like we had a good Monday. We played tomorrow, and, and uh, you know, getting done at 5 o'clock for us, it's, it's kind of like a half a day at work. Well, it sounds to me like you guys got your uh, act together and you got those kids coming up and at 6.15 in the morning, they're, they're investing a lot. And when you know when you can get kids to uh, buy into your program and they're starting to sacrifice and coming in at that early in the morning, and then you know what they take a chip on their shoulder that you know we're uh, you know we put in way too much work to let this get away from us. And you know I, it looks to me like that you're you got your seniors because you know the anxiety part of it that when you get into the playoffs, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a you know the kids put pressure on themselves, and that's where your your senior leadership is going to come in they've been there before and that's the key when you get when you're able to get in these tournaments and stuff you all you want to do is that opportunity and then they got to understand you want to you want to win a championship you know you got to win this game and 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 they as long as they say well we got another one to play and they keep their they you know they keep everything there to go in that they don't panic and that's where the anxiety is and i think that's where the uh, you know, as you'll go into and play a team that you know you're better than they are, and you know that sometimes your players play down to them. But it sounds like that you guys, they un- you you still going to play your style of game no matter what, no matter what the other team does. You play your style, and I think that's a very very important thing for you and what you guys are building over there. I mean, it sounds tremendous the way you got those kids working and stuff. And I, you know, if you if you got to put the work in, and then if there's too much to lose when you put all that work in. To let you know, to let another team come in and beat you. 
But I, I, I'm very, very impressed just listening to you about your program and what you guys are doing. And, you know, the key, I, you know, is get those seniors to believe that, hey, it don't matter who you're playing. We're the, going, we're the ones that go, we're going to win this thing. And it sounds like your, your guys' personality and stuff is very, very important. And, I, you know, I just that the anxiety of going into a tournament – uh, you know where you you know you whether you you move to the next level, and as long as they just play their game, everything will take care of itself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that that is our mo. We don't really you know it's kind of like I talked to them about when I play golf. You know I don't really play the people I'm playing with. I play the course, and and we really worry about our dugout. You know that's that's what I tell our kids all the time. And you know we don't worry about our dugout. We we do the standard play the game within the game. Uh, coach Brandon Stevens, my assistant coach, he keeps uh, a little game goal chart. We got four offensive goals, four defensive goals, and, and we mark them off as we go. It don't have anything to do with the other team. You know, our defensive goals with freebies, I think we want four or less freebies a game, 115 pitches or less. Um, and there's a couple other ones. And offensively, we got, yeah, we want to score seven runs or better, 60% QABs. And so all that stuff is really just focusing on us. And we go over it after every game. Uh, and Coach Stevens does a great job of that. He, he can pull up a spreadsheet that has we're, we're this and this when we've had two offensive goals, two, two defensive goals. We're, you know, 87 and two. Or, you know, per se, he, he's got it because he, my staff has not changed. I've had the same staff for five years. And so we've had a lot of consistency in our program with, with our staff. And, and, and that goes a long way with the kids. You know, they know what to expect. And, you know, we do a good job of recruiting the hallways and getting our kids out of the hallways that, that, that we see that can help us. Uh, I feel like we do a pretty a really good job of that. I don't feel like we have many kids that walk the hallways that are baseball kids that that we don't have out that can help us. Um, and, and so, you know, that's just what we believe in. If we feel like if we take care of, of Gulf Shores High School baseball, uh, we got a really good chance of being successful. I tell our kids all the time, guys, a lot of times it's not who wins the game, it's who doesn't lose the game, you know. And, and while we're kicking the ball and throwing it all around all over the place and pass balls and giving up freebies on the bases, that's on us. That's not really what about the other team is doing. Coach, I tell you, uh, this has been an exciting time talking to you tonight. And, you know, like I said, you, we, we've been talking with Coach Chris Jacks of Gulf Shores Dolphins. They're in the playoffs. They're going to be playing somebody next week. And – we have Ricky Patterson, my co-host. I'm Joey Warner. With We're with the Batters Box on WNSP now. Coach, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing so much valuable information about your program. And you're doing an outstanding job with everything. And we're definitely pulling for you over here in Mobile County. And we want Baldwin County to bring a state championship trophy home to Gulf Shores. And thanks again for coming on, Coach. Hey, guys, thank you all so much for having us. Thank you all for promoting high school baseball. I, I don't. I guarantee you there's nobody in the state that, that promotes an area like Joey, you do, that, that puts out all this information uh, for these kids to see. I hear them talk about it all the time. I've told you this numerous times, you know, about this, the excitement you guys are bringing to high school baseball in our area. Is um, you know, I can't thank you from the bottom of my heart enough, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you all for the support. If you guys ever need anything, y'all please reach out. Coach, I appreciate it. I want to tell you one last thing. Go Dolphins. Yes, sir. Go Dolphins, and y'all have a good night. Thank y'all for having me. All right, brother. It's been a great thing. All right. All right. Hey, Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Ricky, got just a couple of minutes here before we stop here. But I want to to mention this real quick, and it'll be a complete show. Bishop State, James Hattenstein are 21-16 and 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 13-7 in their conference. Uh, University of Mobile is 27-6 and and 13-2 and in their conference. Spring Hill College is 20-15, and 18-4 and in their conference. South Alabama is 15-17 and 5-7 and and in the Sun Belt. And I got a little college – a report in there but but ricky it's been a good thing talking to these high school coaches oh wow well, i was really really impressed with these two young coaches and it's you know they they got a lot of passion you can tell in their voice they got a lot of passion for their coaching and and and, and the game of baseball and that's one thing that we lack a lot of today is the passion for it you know and if you got and you can tell the way uh 
in my opinion, I've never seen them coach or seen their teams play, but the the enthusiasm that they have and the discipline that they have introduced into their program, and that's why they're successful. They're they're that you could, and I think that. Well, I know this for a fact that the the players take the coach's personality, and if the coaches, you know, they you can tell he's energetic and he uh, very knowledgeable of the game. And the players, you know, they respect that. And they you can tell just by the way they talk and the passion that they have that the players play with passion. And, and I've never seen them play, but I guarantee you, and I like what he said, you know, he the bunt game. Uh, it was, it was, that's in, you know, it's important. You know, one of the lost arts of the game is base running and bunting, you know, because everybody wants to hit home runs. But, uh, you know, that's what makes baseball to me so, you know, such a great game is the small things in the game that wins games. One of the simplest plays in the game, you'll find out that they win more games than the home runs. It's a simple play, and that's a bunt. The bunt at a certain time of the game wins championships. That's why when you see as a, in the major leagues, when they get to the well, – you don't see them bunt during the year, but when they get in the playoffs, you'll start seeing them starting to bunt and move runners and put guys in, in scoring position, hitting runs. I mean, that's what makes the game exciting. And I was, you know, sitting to listen to Coach Zach, and I was like, you know, that's very – I like that. I mean, I like that style of game. It's exciting to go out and watch them play because they execute and do the little things. And the little things is what wins championships, not the three-run homer. It's the little things. That's right. You're exactly right. You know, uh, manufacturing runs with small ball. Hank Aaron once said, we'll end on this, Hank Aaron once said the most exciting play in baseball is the triple. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we've had a guy on here that was a master at that, Lance Johnson, one of the best triplers ever. But anyway, you've been listening to – the. Batters Box on WNSP Now with Joey Warner and my co-host Ricky Patterson. I want to thank everybody for coming on. Be sure to check out my Facebook page titled Mobile Baseball Connection. And we will be on live next Wednesday, uh, April 19th on WNSP Live, 105.5 at 5.30. We're going to be live. We're going to have two 10-minute segments. I want to thank my producer, Nick Wiggins for doing everything he does for us down here and we hope everybody's enjoying the show and and go back and listen to this show and not just this show but all eight other shows this is our ninth show and we're glad to be here and what we're going to do now we're going to sign out <laughs>